Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, AI and writing. Uh, I'm Russ Cabasman. Joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, how artificial are you feeling today? I feel pretty great. And I think I've improved upon your introduction oh, significantly. No. Oh, no. With the help of an AI writing tool. <laughs> no. Try this on for size. Welcome to Writer Syndrome, the podcast exploring the fascinating fusion of writing and AI. Join us as we delve into the dynamic relationship between human creativity and artificial intelligence through captivating discussions with authors, AI experts, and industry pioneers. <laughs> we'll unravel the transformative potential of AI in writing, discover cutting-edge tools, ethical considerations, and the impact of storytelling. Whether you're an aspiring writer or a curious mind, Writer's Syndrome is your guide to navigating the exciting <laughs> intersection of technology and literature. Let's embark on this thrilling journey together. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Right. Easy AI over promising a little bit there. All the interviews and yeah. like oh, drown me in a pond. Oh my Jesus. God. I mean, that's not bad, but holy smokes. We're just looking for two lines here. Um, it's a. Uh... And yeah. I don't want to judge it too heavily at this um, very moment. I guess I don't know. Where do you want to start with this? I do you want to talk about have you played around with any chat GPT or anything like that to, with you for your own writing at all? Or yeah, I kind of want to start with what we mean because AI is such like a blanket term. Agreed. So there's like the GPT side of things, right? Which is that's kind of what I want to delve into maybe yeah. in the second half of this. But I think there are AI writing tools that some writers are using already and don't even know that they're, you know, language models, that that they're using AI already, mm -hmm. whether it's something like Grammarly or I think even like the pro writing aid, text, right? Yep. Yep. Pro writing aid or speech yeah. to text dictation. And um, it's weird because I feel I don't feel one way or the other about yeah. this. I think it's really kind of like archaic to yep. say all AI is bad. I think that as a tool, it's something that what we're all going to use whether we like it or not. Yeah. I think it's when you get into the GPT of using it not as a tool, but as a replacement. And there is a really murky gray area between these two things. And there's apps, obviously predatory apps aimed at writers to get you on a subscription fee yeah. where you can plunk in like, yeah, it does a thesaurus and it does like a plagiarism check. But yeah. also you could be like, describe that house for me. And that's where it's very murky. And I'd love to get your perspective on that. Well, like all technology and tools and not to get too, uh, you know, philosophical here, but typically the bad comes out of the people using it. Sure. And like abusing it in some sense. Right. And it's always the first thought of like, oh, there's this cool te technology that's exciting. But then you're like, what's the terrifying aspect that how people are going to use it? It's funny, right? Because like the implications towards writing novels with AI are um, not nearly as scary as the implications for like the military's use of AI. Right, right. <laughs> or any other thing that's maybe more important than writing a novel. <laughs> but I understand that like as writers and always when there's a new tech, I think there's a, a knee-jerk reaction to be defensive, right? Yeah. I'm sure even when word processors came out and word came out with a little animated paperclip that said like, you suck and here <laughs> this is, you know... <laughs> <laughs> this is misspelled or whatever. I'm sure people are like, I will only write on a typewriter, right? Yeah, so yeah. now I don't think this is that. But like I said, it's there's a lot of gray area here. Yeah, I mean, I was joking with someone the other day about, I mean, we were in, a, or we even talked about it, like we're in a 
middle of like a writer's strike. Well, I guess that's kind of somewhat wrapping up, I think. Right? Is it wrapping up? I've I kind of tuned I think, out. I th- yeah, I tuned out as well, but I think it. I, think I mean, it, I support, I support, but I have also tuned out. Yes. I mean, why does Marvel need writers? You got 20 movies, just pump it into an AI and just have someone edit it. And there you go. You're yep. done. Yeah, we made a joke about that last time. In like, I think I'm a little tongue in cheek. I honestly don't think like Marvel movies are obviously like mostly soulless which is why things like james Gunn's kind of feel like guardians feels like oh my god there's some heart here even if it's kind of that pixar yep. heart yeah that that boardroom toy heart it's um still better than something like uh what like ant-man 2 yeah <laughs> I, I just watched that and i was like what is this what is happening oh going back to getting getting back on track have you used chappy t like even at work or anything like that for like any aspect and have you used it for any uh creative writing or fictional writing in any any so i use it at work sparingly jill my my partner uses it almost every day yeah so i've downloaded the app i have it on my phone if only just to get familiarized with it because i do think that for work it could be beneficial yeah i mean for things like marketing copy or social media posts where there is no soul or humanity Just, just, really? use, just use AI just anyways. Boring, terrible content. You know, <laughs> it, it all reads that way. When it comes to creative writing, no, I am very against it <laughs> in that, like, yeah, in like a very judgmental, angsty 20 year old way. Like, I am very against it. But as a tool, I can see its pros and cons. I mean, I, I see some benefits of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly see a lot of benefits for. I mean, you just spent thousands of dollars on editors. Yeah. There is a really good chance, just the way those editors learn to use Word, and maybe some are using Grammarly, yep. some will eventually pivot into a subscription base with GPT yep. and be able to edit more books quickly for the yeah. same cost. So I think it's going to affect the industry in a way. I still think it needs the human eye. We're at a point where there's still like some, it's not perfect, right? So it's going to infect the industry in a way. And it's going to infect the people who are asking writers for money (laughs) and allow them to take on more clients, probably. Much like translators, most translators right now, even pre-AI, if you're trying to do like uh, English to French or English to Spanish, they'll take your copy and they'll dump it right into Google Translate first. And then they'll clean that up. And, then and they're back. able to take on more clients with that tool. So yeah. I think that the same thing is going to happen to our industry and, and it has been happening, honestly. This, it's been a slow boil. Yeah, I could definitely see this from a, on the editor side. Even from me, you write, I write the book, whatever. I go through my first pass of like kind of a development edit, right? And then I go into like my line edit. You know, maybe I'm going to pump it through like a pro editing tool or Grammarly or something like that to catch all the obvious stuff first. I mean, technically Microsoft Word and Google Docs, they all do kind of a or your version of that anyways, right? So Yeah, and I was going to, and I am going to probably put mine into Grammarly. Now, I'm not going to use, which just came out, I think, a month or two ago, Grammarly Go, which actually will rewrite things for you. Like, I don't want yeah like a large-scale language model mucking around with my prose. I have yeah. no interest in that. Yeah. And I don't even want to, I don't even want to use it as a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Like to give me alternate ideas that stink. I feel like it's a very slippery slope. Yeah, getting in there, right? Yeah. And for me, it comes. I, I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, so maybe I'll stop. How do okay. you feel about it? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm on the same page with with you on this. I, I agree with you. Uh, I I think deep down, I'm like, 
you, you've got to write this because <laughs> at that point, I think if you have an AI write an entire book for you, you're an editor, <laughs> you know, and I've, I'm reading an article, which, you know, I'll share with the, with the post when, when this episode comes out, but uh, this woman who's, you know, using pseudo, write It's like a sci-fi fantasy writing program, which I've tinkered with a little bit. Um, I've to, heard about to, this. Just to see it. Yeah. And she, she became a writer and then she realized to like keep pace with her readers. She had to pump out a book like every X number of months. It was like every three or four months, which is insane to me. Yeah. It's uh, nuts. And, but it's working for her and she uses. So she's using pseudo write for it. Yeah, and she uses it for so pseudo write. From what I've heard about it, from my perspective, yeah. is terrible. Yeah. Oh, you mean the as only, like as output or as like a just as like the the idea of it? It's yes. nefarious to me. Yes. It's like there's like a, a describe button, like click this like description, yeah. <laughs> and now you just describe this thing, like describe this house, and yeah, like. I was listening to a podcast that was kind of shilling it a little bit. And to me, that's that gray area, right? Where, Agreed. yeah, you kind of can use a thesaurus. And yes, there's an online thesaurus. But once you get to like a click button and it spits out or rewrites your entire own stuff, scenes or paragraphs. To me, that's like when you've, as, as an artist, right? I feel like you got to ask yourself, why are you doing this anyway? Like, yeah. are you doing it to sell? Do you enjoy the, I understand people get writer's block, right? But I don't, I don't know. It's to me, it's like a performance enhancing drug. It's not a tool. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. doping before, you know, the tour de France or something. I agree a hundred percent. Again, like I said, I, I think if you allow an AI, to, if you just pump in a couple of words for a scene and it's writing your entire scenes and you're going back and editing that you're an editor, you are not a writer. You're, an, you're not an author. You're an editor, which is that's fine, but you also have to say this book was written by artificial intelligence, edited by you know so. -and -so. I agree. I, yeah, there needs to be transparency about it, and I think there's the slow boil happening right in this false. There's like the straw man argument where we're already using AI, so why not just use it more? And if you don't, guess what? You're going to be left behind. And yeah, yeah, that might be true in like some industries, but when it comes to art and art making, that concept of being left behind is ridiculous to me because yeah. Yeah. at its core i feel like good books come from the process mm -hmm. and when you start screwing with the process you start getting soulless books yeah. that are just out there to make money and guess what what they will I, one of the reasons why i'm not too scared about it is because if they are in it for money every especially self-published books they live and die by reviews mm -hmm. so depending on how much you can game the system eventually i think money earned is not going to justify all of the editing you have to do and the input and the manipulation of these AI tools. You've just created yourself an office job. Yeah, You're not <laughs> making art. You're yeah. in a cubicle and yeah. you're editing garbage. And I know that's like an illusory idea, but I believe, I believe that. I believe that when there is, I'd say that where the language models are currently, it can't make art. I would never say that AI will be incapable of making art. I think there's a chance that in our future, in our like yeah. 50, 100 year future, AI could make some crazy art, like crazy. And in, 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 even at that point, I may consider it art. Yeah. But I think there needs to be self-awareness <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> and not just, I'm going to throw in every book ever written and say, make me something that's like Percy Jackson and Harry right. Potter, yeah. but for tweens. Yeah. You know, 
that is the dark side, I think, of this this process and, and that woman's story in particular, because then it's bringing up this other thing about kind of gaming the Amazon system, too. That's where she publishes through or, or any any other distributor. Right. But anyways, Amazon's the focus because that's the one where you can you can pump a book in there, drop a bunch of books in these different categories, start getting ranked higher, more you're producing, you're pulling your algorithms, you know. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're you are you're right. It's you're you're in an office job, and you're like, here's my first part of my job is to edit this AI written book, and then my second part is to game a system, which I understand because it, you know something I have to think about. Um, but yeah. I'm not going to have a book coming out every three or four months. So um, you you were telling me about someone who was just cranking out, and and we've seen this too. Where uh, man, I forget the name of the the uh, publication, but they they were started refusing submissions because people were just generating AI short stories and they had like, mm. they had to stop taking submissions because they were, um, I don't think it was Clark's or, uh, whatever the, the sci-fi and it was just garbage. And like they were getting them and it could read first pass that like, people weren't even editing these things. They were just pumping them in there and seeing if they would get taken. So yep. that is the dark side. That is people being misusing, misusing technology, uh, for a, like a personal gain. And that's where I'm like, no, don't blame the technology. Let's blame the person behind this. Uh, and I do and I, think that we're currently and will like with every new language model, right? There'll be a spike of this type of thing happening, but I yeah. don't think it's sustainable for the same reason. These folks don't have nine to five jobs. It's not just like it's work. It's yeah. nonstop work for not much return. Yeah. So, and but of just, course, you know, which is funny because the uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but which is funny no, because no, the, the the that story that the that's about this this woman who's using the pseudo right. Like beforehand, she worked in a corporate office job as a project manager. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Well, so you're just doing. I mean, it's great skill to have to come over. Like I had project management, product management skills that have definitely applied to what I'm doing because I'm you know at the yep. end of the day making something that's gonna sell. But it's funny where like she just basically just moved that directly over and it's like okay, now I have to like my three month hit i have to have the you know ai written written book in a month i've got to edit that in 59 days i think it was to then yeah. get all of her like promotional period i don't want to be too hard on the author because i don't know to which extent she's using pseudo right but that's what's kind of scary about a tool like that mm -hmm. i do think there needs to be transparency when you're using something that's actually reconfiguring or generating prose on your behalf even if you are editing that prose more into your voice there needs to be some kind of transparency around that. I, I think for the the reader's sake, and then they can choose, right? Like, yeah, I like this kind of book. Yeah. That's great. Let let the audience choose. Like, I still like the series. That's totally fine. I, I trust this person. But for those, and I think there's been a couple um, so far who have just spammed Amazon's like publishing house with AI yeah. written books. Like, I think some guy wrote like 100 to 200 books in a month or two. Yeah. And like ended up making about a grand from it yeah put them out as 99 you know, cent books whatever cheap buys yeah yeah and like 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 you said right it's like it's a misuse of a tool for a means to an end yes because people spending 99 cents on something is that's nothing for somebody but if you've got 100 and 200 of these books out there and you know what i mean like again it's just gaming the system which i, I guess good for you for figuring that out but yeah go to, go to hell <laughs> uh, <laughs> go to hell <laughs> But like backing up a little bit, I will say again, just to reiterate, I'm not against AI and I'm not against AI tools. No. Um, I think they can be really beneficial when it comes to grammar, you know, when it comes mm. to spelling, when it comes to copy editing, yep. or even if you maybe are mobility impaired and you want to do something like speech to text dictation, 
that's AI. That's yeah. a really wonderful use of the tool to have people express themselves who may have a hard time doing that. Yeah, 100%. Now, so my father-in-law uh, had an idea for a book, mm -hmm. but he didn't really want to go through the process of outlining. In fact, he listens to this podcast and, uh, he, and he was like, it sounds so hard. Like why? <laughs> why? And I was like, wow, maybe we should take a step back because writing is really fun, but yeah, it's very nuanced and it has many stages, but he was like, it sounds so hard. Why would I want to go through that? But I do want to tell my story. So yeah. he piped it into chat GPT yeah. just to see what came out. It was kind of like a high level overview of the story as opposed to kind of like this it was only a few pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what it read like is it read like a children's novel. <laughs> um, not in a bad way, just in yeah. a very broad, descriptive way. There was no details. There yep. was none of that. Now, I'm sure that you can curate it in a way and be like, describe this, describe that. I don't think it's quite as easy as like, hey, write me a 350-page book about this, go. But I do think you could say, you know, give me a descriptive sentence for, you know. Yeah. I did it for the intro. I was like, give me 80 words on an introduction to the podcast writer syndrome. Yeah. And it, and it did that yeah. like pretty well. So, yeah. I mean, I think the, the, like the more intense uh, and writing focused ones like that pseudo, right. I know there are a couple others out there. I haven't really looked at them cause I kind of don't want to, but um, <laughs> I know like that actually has like, will help with like bigger scenes and paragraphs and stuff like this. So, um, yeah. And then you you just go back through and edit it and kind of clean it up. So pseudo write to me feels very, and all those types of, I think we're going to, there's, there will be a boon as there always is. Yeah. Yep. Um, of AI writing tools for authors, because to those folks, authors are consumers mm -hmm. and they are a desperate consumer base who want something a little different for themselves and they want to be read. Yeah. So, but God, isn't that hard? And it, shouldn't there be an easy way? And here there is for $30 a month. Yeah. You don't <laughs> need to go as hard, you know? And to me, that's, super predatory and it's the free market and it's capitalism and it's whatever. Those types of tools will go away, but AI will continue to be integrated. Like it'll be in Word soon enough. Oh, I was going to say that. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're planning on it. They even mentioned it. Even uh, Gmail. I mean, they're going to be writing emails for you. I mean, they kind of practically do with the autocorrect or like the quick responses. I mean, that is a small form yep. of AI kind of predicting what you're going to want to say to something. So, Which I kind of loathe. Um, and maybe it'll get nuanced as it, as it uses your voice. Even for those emails, which in and of themselves are like very kind of toneless, it's even more so. They're like, oh, hey, yeah. do you want to take out this word? Like, no, I don't want to take out definitely. Like, I want to use that right now because yeah. it... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a human and I make mistakes. I'm a deal. human and I want to be a little wordy right now. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Soon enough, it's just going, I mean, really looking future facing as opposed to just like AI writing emails. Yeah. Like, we'll just have little e AI personal assistants communicating with other AI personal assistants. Yeah. But we're not there yet. The series and the Alexa's all talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so the, I kind of flip into the, the more the tool side of thing. And, and I would say, I'm curious what you think about this. So I played around with ChatGPT and in a couple of ways, right? Uh, one, which I want to touch on before you talking about like ad copy. Um, mm -hmm. There's a self-published author over in the UK, Mark Dawson, who's prolific in giving out free content and information about writing books and novels and all and everything. Uh, yep. And he, in one of his videos I watched, he had used, uh, you know, ChatGPT to, to pull headline titles for like ad copy for like Facebook mm -hmm. ads. And I was like, 
oh, that's, uh, he's like, give me three headlines, at blah, 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 whatever. And it pumped out three headlines. And he goes, sure. He's like, some of these will work, but he's like, yeah, experiment with it. And then you can tweak it to fit the kind of ad you want. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I buy that as a tool. I read this extensive article about using it for uh, finding reader comps, which uh, I think we're hmm. kind of dedicate an episode to that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that one, I, that was a, that's a tough one. And I don't suggest you just go willy nilly doing it. Um, you got to really curate that and really do the homework on the comps it gives you. Cause sometimes it'll just make up stuff or <laughs> these, I was like, this is this author and his book don't exist. Like, what? <laughs> so like, cause I was like, Oh, give me uh, give me five comps. Um, you know, for uh, spy espionage thriller written in the last, you know, 10 years or five years, uh, mid level, you don't want anything. Don't give me like the Tom Clancy, give me something in between, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I went through and I was like searching them. I'm like one, one book I came across. I'm like, I don't think this person is real. <laughs> like, I don't think this was book it a totally exists. made up person. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think this is real, but like then two or three in there were like, uh, I can find this author. Like I can, I found the book on like Goodreads and everything else. But then one, yeah. I was just like, this doesn't exist. So I think that as a tool would be great because honestly, I had a really hard time like coming up with comps, like uh, without mm. saying like, yeah, it's Tom Clancy meets uh, ready player one, which would be like, that's not really what the book is. You know, I'm surprised. I mean, you like went into like you Googled, you know, espionage thrillers from the past yeah, four years it, or whatever. I just, maybe it's me like thinking like, oh, my book's so different, but it's not. It's, you know, it is these books. It is this, you know, uh, espionage thriller thing. And I have a list of them, but um, I think AI, that could be a a good way to find some that are mm. in that mid-level. You're not just calling out the Harry Potters because no one wants to hear that. Like you need to find something that's like popular, but not, you know. So I think as a tool there, that's good. I think that's a great idea. And I think like the search engines kind of did that to themselves. Yeah. Through all of like one, like I, I don't want to scroll through 500 words before I get to your 10 top espionage yeah. thrillers of the 90s. Yeah. And then all the advertisements, right? Where it's kind of like pay to click, you know, yep. where it's like the top of your search results may not necessarily be as related to what you're searching. So there are times where I'll go into chat GPT just to get a quick answer, whether it's my kids mm. asking about a science thing about like the sun yeah. or you know, photosynthesis or something like it's training me to query there as opposed to going to Google or Bing and giving somebody ad revenue. I mean, it'll happen sooner or later, but I mean, you're, there's like, man, anyways, yeah, I agree. Um, but the thing yeah, with that, figure you, out how to advertise with you it. You also got to like, make sure you fact check it because you, right. You'll be like, how close is the sun? It's like, well, I read a book there. The sun was coming closer to the earth and be like, wait, we're going to burn up and die. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, two, two miles away. Um, now these, these other two I played around with with ChatGPT was kind of fun. I don't know. Uh, I'm still fifty fifty on one of them. So I I was like, uh, give me five uh, plot ideas for a espionage thriller, mm. and it pumped out five. And I was like, all right, these are super generic, right? Uh, but I was like, oh, this is kind of helpful just to spark some ideas uh, of like you know maybe what I could do with the plot, or maybe I could take a piece here and. You know, just purely like where the story arc is going. How do you, how does that make you feel? Can I be really honest here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. That disgusts me. <laughs> you disgust me. I didn't use it, Tim. I'm just saying I explored it. I want to be, I want to be clear here. I want to be clear here. I just want to say I explored it. Okay. I didn't use it. But sure I wanted to, see, I, I wanted to see what the, what I wanted to see what it could do and what it pump out. And when I read, I'm like, all right, this is just generic garbage. Like I, I wouldn't yeah. use any of these, but. No, I, um, I mean, I don't know. Well, that's one of those gray areas. I feel like that's probably yeah. okay. I mean, in, in if you don't have somebody to 
talk to and kind of brainstorm ideas. If you want to have, you know, your phone give you some crummy ones to get you to some okay ones. I don't think I'd want to use it. Once again, I feel like, and I'm like this with everything, right? And I'm, I may be a little black and white. I'm like, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why, like when I was stuck, you know, during my fourth edit and, you know, GPT-4 came out or something, my first thought was like, oh, shoot, like maybe I'll just dump it in and or maybe I'll query it and it will get me through that. Mm-hmm. And I got real, I was like, no, I like, I don't, it almost feels like a an infection in and of itself. Like, I don't want to begin using it for that. Yeah. Because yep. I don't know when it will, when, when will it stop and when will my words stop being mine and when yeah. will my ideas stop being mine? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting too, man. Like I was listening to this podcast and you know, they were going through all these different AI tools, some, you know, kind of innocuous and accepted like Grammarly and what was the other one? Uh, pro writing aid. I think they're pro writing aid. Yeah, so yeah, I went through those and talked about a little bit about like text to speech and, and vice versa. But he also talked about um, like AI art generation, like visual art. So yeah, like Dolly or like, whatever, which I've so played around like with her. Yeah. Pipe in like, yeah, I want, you know, a 40 year old character with brown hair and it will spit out like an image of yeah. that character. And then maybe you, put in his wife and then you can merge those two and like spit out a kid. And then you're describing these AI images. And I don't think that's good. I think that's terrible. Yeah. That's another one of those gray areas, right? Now, what if you go in the reverse on that one? Because I think that one's interesting. And I have one more, which I know you're going to loathe, but I had so much fun. <laughs> I, had, I had so much fun with it. I don't, I'm, I wouldn't use it. And once I, once I did it, I was like, ah, I'm okay. I'm done. I'm going to stay away from this for my own writing. But before we get there, the image one is kind of funny because, well, a friend of ours sent me for my birthday. So oh. <laughs> sent us as like kind of a joke, like these AI generated photos of me for my birthday. They were hilarious. They're great. They were so great. What if you're going in the reverse? What if you, you, you've described a character, but in your head, I mean, maybe in your head, you can see it, but then you pump that in and then it pumps out an image and you're like, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's my main character. Is that kind of, I mean, I guess it's kind of, doesn't matter at that point, but. You know, I talk a lot about like the the writer reader relationship and like how there is like a collaboration between the two. Like you'll tee up language and then the reader will take their own experiences and right. fill out the scene. I don't want to complicate or pollute that relationship with a third party, man. Right. I don't want to thruple. Yeah. I don't need AI to be a third in this relationship. So yeah. I, I don't like it. And I think in a way it's overcomplicating something really simple. Yeah. yeah. You know, it almost yeah. feels like a time sink. Oh, it's definitely a time sink you distraction. Don't, you don't yeah. need to sit down and spend two hours generating your main character when all you have to say is they had brown curly hair and a leather belt or whatever. Right. Or like, yeah. like they have a few defining characteristics. In a way, I feel like you go, now that you can see them, you might dip into like being too descriptive and boring. And it kind of, once again, ruining that writer reader relationship where yeah. they're bringing something to the table. Like you, at least personally, from my perspective, you don't want to spell everything out for them. Uh, now the last one I, I had, I had toyed but around I would read this. a whole book about the AI generated images <laughs> of you because it looks like you were in Lord of the Rings for the vast majority of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's some, which is funny because I know you don't like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm not a big you fantasy look so guy. Good in that world, man. Uh, oh, thanks man. <laughs> You have my shield. Uh, the sci-fi ones are pretty good too. But. 
Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the other one's hilarious. So I did, I, um, for the other podcast here, we come up with like cast of characters randomly throughout our various episodes. And I told Jared, who's you know, the other host of that, that podcast. And I was like, Oh, we should pump in like the things we've come up with into like chat GPT for like a backstory on them. Mm-hmm. And I did it for like two of them. And it was hilarious. Cause it was like, I just put in a couple of keywords, but then it gave me like, a full like one page bio about this person and like where they were from and who they were and all this sort of stuff. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. This is kind of terrifying for like character creation. Yeah. Um, and like, what's the line there of like, oh, I'm a little stuck. Like I want a little background, like work. I don't want to just keep picking the same places or where I'm from or blah, blah, blah. Like, is that a slippery slope for you? You think? Yeah. I think people who do that should be arrested and put in jail. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't yeah. do it. I feel like so much of it is like, yeah, you're right. Your experience is limited, but all that is, is a cue to go out and fill your well again. Yeah. Go travel, go meet new people, read more books. It's not like, oh, I'm stuck. I mean, I think there is a, it sounds really pretentious, but there is a process. I mean, come on. To creation. It's a podcast we're writing. That should be, (laughs) (laughs) but there's a process to creation that should be respected in a way. Yes. Because I think if it means anything at all, it means your experience and the human experience and relationships making up. I don't know. It just feels so it's just disappointing. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm left with the why. Like yeah, yeah, all yeah. you're doing, it's why it makes a lot of sense, right? You know, if like a project manager or a product manager, yeah, there's a part of writing when you're done doing it, that it, it becomes a product and you have to let it go and you have to market it and let it. Yep. But I don't think that should influence the creation process. If it's just to generate a product, and you don't care enough to put your lived in experience and be stuck and struggle through it. To me, it's not worth reading. It's yeah. so sure. Sell it, you know, go sell it at TJ Maxx or whatever. <laughs> but like, it's that kind of preformed art that's hanging on a rack at the back of Marshall's. Yeah. And it's not something that I want to, you know, download and spend my time on my ebook or whatever. But I, I there probably is authors who are like, totally fine with it and you know i want to say that's their choice and i support them in it but i don't and i think it's wrong it's interesting (laughs) i don't know like if you're gonna if you're gonna create fake art come on get out of here i'm trying to be nice and equitable but it's just um no it's okay be mean that's right i haven't heard try harder (laughs) (laughs) i haven't heard uh much from like the top authors about this i don't know if you've heard anything from anyone i haven't seen any actual takes on this yet yeah and i think it's a little early for for the established folks to to put their stamp on it because like i said it's not black and white i'm sure they're all using or their editors are using some iteration of grammarly or writing aid pro or whatever else yeah yeah so um i mean right now it's going to be mostly I mean, I would say majority is going to be used by independent self-published authors, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, I can just use this tool to help me crank out this thing and then publish it. You know, what's interesting to me too, is that like... It's, quantity over quality is, is I think, what's is happening with this. So. At its core, it feels like plagiarism to me. I know it's more complicated than that, but it feels like plagiarism. But that's another concern in general, because like if you're using these tools that are just pulling from... It's, it's just pulling from already known books and stories and things that are out right. there. Right. So it's like, that is a big concern. Uh, and you can say, well, isn't that what we're doing anyway? Yeah. Right. But yeah. it's, it's our own lived in experience and it's our own influences. 
Because yeah. obviously, like, mine has so many connections to 80s horror. Like, so much. Yeah. But to me, that's influence. I didn't go, hey, write me a book about <laughs> The Blob, 1950. <laughs> yeah, my name. Mix my... it with, like, Return of the Living Dead. And, you know, you, Stephen King's writing style, go. Yeah. It's right when Grammarly approaches that pseudo-write is where I get really nervous. Yeah. Even Grammarly feels like when I first was like, oh, I'll I'll, I'll put my stuff into Grammarly. I was like, can I? <laughs> Should yeah. I? Yeah, yeah. Like, is that how much different is that than the my accepted word processor, right? And how much control over my language, you know, my, my lexicon, yeah. my syntax is it going to have? But I'm, I'm kind of subscribed to being like, yeah, Grammarly's okay. Like yeah. Where Grammarly Go is going and where ChatGPT is currently yeah. and where PseudoWrite, like if you're going to have it, describe a scene, create a character. I mean, just go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to work for a computer, <laughs> go work for a computer. That's, I, I was listening to some podcast about it and some guy said like, um, you're either going to work for AI or ha have AI working for you. You know, he's like, you're either going to be the Amazon driver who is getting um, directions from AI, yep. or you're going to be those encoding the AI. Mm -hmm. And that is ridiculous to me, at least when it comes to writing. I mean, as a marketer, my sure. industry is going to be completely altered by AI in the next five to 10 years, right? Now yeah. it's a tool, but it's going to, we'll be able to take on more. People will be, I mean, certain skill sets will, will no longer be viable. Yep. So it will change. But when it comes to making that argument that if you don't adopt things like pseudo write, you will be left behind. In writing, it's, it's kind of bullshit. Left behind, like that's such a false argument. Like left, like is, that's, is, is that's writing this train moving into the future? Is that what someone had said on this other podcast? You'd be like, left yeah, behind. yeah. It was yeah. like you're being left behind. You know, it's like those who were using a typewriter were left behind. Like you're making your work harder because I think it's aimed once again at output. Yeah, you yeah. will be moving slower than right. others are moving. Yeah, but it's not about the number of books you're pushing out. Right. Or the speed in which you do it. Right. It's the it's, quality. Uh, it not should the be about quality. <laughs> yeah. And really, at it's really core all the way back to like the beginning of our podcast. It's not about the product. It's not about the book when it's done and getting published. That's like a false goal. That is not going to make you happy. Yeah. yeah. It may get you money, but it, in theory, you should be doing it for the process. Mm -hmm. And if you don't enjoy the process, I think you should look for another hobby. <laughs> Collect stamps. It's not, it's not to do something else, man. Yeah. Because if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Like the only reason why I sit down to write is because it gives me peace. It makes me happy. Yeah. The idea of not being able to produce books as quickly as the next guy who's using something like pseudo write. It's that not a comp. That sounds stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a competition, man. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I agree, and I, there's definitely a different. You have a you have a different outlook on on what you, why you're taking on and doing something. If your goal is just to use these tools just to pump up books at a constant rate, so you can get paid. And I agree. You're not looking at this the the idea of creating a book for people to go and read and enjoy. It doesn't feel like you're you're thinking of it as a as a creative and outlet process for yourself. It just goal has now shifted uh yeah it's just another maybe, dead I'm, end job, maybe I'm putting maybe i'm making assumptions but based on people's actions of and how they're using these tools it's pretty clear you're just using it for to create a quantity to make yeah. money 
I mean, I'd say absolute best case scenario, man, like these tools develop and you can write quality books at a clip. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, why for money? Okay. That's why I don't think it's going to continue too long. Like I I think there'll be burnout for these AI writers because they're not in it for the right reasons. Well, I think what's going to be really interesting is the distributors uh, like Amazon. I mean, maybe they won't step up, but there might be a point where they're going to have to step up and and start calling out the books that are written by AI. Like, Mm. like what's that line? Where's that line start? Like, where where is the point where like okay, you've got a you're getting a million book submissions that they're and they're all garbage or they're all written by AI or whatever. Um, Like, what's I don't think you can get ahead of it because I I I think that the tools they're using to catch AI is AI uh, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's accessible by the user. So yeah. they could certainly make sure that their books pass that check. I, I don't think they'll be able to keep up. Yeah. I think once again, like it's just going to be a burnout thing. All right. Well, I think that's the end of uh, this episode of uh, two old men, cranky men, two old, about- cranky old men <laughs> crank about technology. <laughs> I'm feeling a little fired up about it. I knew you would be. I knew you would be. Uh, this is like disgusting to me. It, there is, I, there is a line, uh, of where it just gets slippery, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Here's my line yeah. word. Okay. Grammarly fine. Pseudo right. Don't talk to me. <laughs> That's well, we'll, Chat we'll GPT. Yeah. Go away. Go I mean, away. use it as a search engine. I don't know. I mean, I used Google quite a bit talking about tools, right? Like yeah. for my book, for locations, research research yeah i mean it, again it's it's another tool to put in your okay here's a here's the thing i can use but you got to watch the i think you just have to be careful of the line that that's my personal opinion shifting gears we've been reading writing watching i mean same stuff still reading nk jemison um yeah. which i love it's really really good yeah good the um glad you're enjoying it the broken earth trilogy is great so far yeah thanks for that wreck as far as watching just finished swarm oh uh, I've, I've heard of it someone had suggested yeah. it it was um disappointing oh okay i was really excited for it and the you know a, a few of the episodes are pretty great but now i'm not gonna watch ultimately it. it doesn't stick the landing at all lame probably written by ai <laughs> <laughs> how about you what are you reading watching uh i finished this book called the paladin which i may have mentioned last time i'd started by david ignatius ignatius whatever it's a you know cia guy in the run kind of story. Um, I got like halfway through and I was like, eh. Actually, it was funny because I was like, what book did I read? I, I know I finished a book and I was like, I completely forgot about it, forgot the plot. And I was like, must not have been that good. <laughs> it was just, it was kind of generic. And the reasoning behind this guy being in the main character being in, in trouble was just infuriating. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. This guy, I don't, I don't like him. So maybe he shouldn't be in this situation. And why, <laughs> why do I care about him getting saved or solving the problem so watching wise uh i'm st- and i'm still finishing uh, reading wise uh the black echo okay which is good that's a good one uh, michael Connolly. it's a police procedural but that one's good that one's a fun read watching wise i crank through finally crank through barry season four which oh how's season four and that show is so good <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah. i'll get back into it i went through season three which kind of left me lukewarm but yeah, I'll I get, try. Yeah, watch four. Uh, it's it's really good. It's it's kind of wraps things up, but um, it's just really good. And then I just finished uh, Succession season four, which oh yeah, kind of glad that that show is done because <laughs> I don't know, it should have been done in three seasons, but um, there's only so much like that. 
uh, impatient, I can't say what I want, uh, interactions, awkward interactions I can handle for an hour. It's like, yeah, these episodes need to be half hour, eight episodes a season. Let's, let's get this moving. I don't need like this constant, like anxiety. I can't say what I want because I understand they're doing that to, to continue plot lines. I'm like, yeah, there's only so many phone call conversations I can handle. There's only so many, like, <laughs> there's only so many times you can screw the same person over and over and over again, where it just becomes like, all right, you, you, you've done this already multiple times. Like we got to wrap this up. So, uh, yeah. but I, I enjoyed this, the finale though. So, yeah, I like the finale this season. I it felt a little uneven and I, even the characters felt, I think since they were all dealing with not, not, I won't spoil anything, but they go through a traumatic event and they're, they're dealing with that traumatic event and it alters the characters in a way that's much different than seasons one through three. They, so they felt like different iterations until the final couple of episodes in yeah. which they kind of fell back into. Yeah. And I'm sure it was all intentional, but it's oh, like an uneven season to me. Uh, Jill lo- loved the show. She didn't love the season, but she thought the finale was satisfying. Yeah, I actually could have watched another season or two of it. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, in 10 years we get like some kind of spinoff. Yeah, I, I was all done. I think I, after season three, I was like, I'm I'm done with this show. We need to, these awkward interactions, these Im- improvised awkward interactions are just driving me nuts. Like, just yeah. say the thing. You, all of you insecure, <laughs> beyond rich morons, just say, just say, <laughs> just, just say what you want. That's why Logan was the, that's why he was the business guy, because he just said what he wanted. Yeah, he said something really, um, it stuck with me too in this season when he talks to his kids and he goes, um, I love you all, but you're not serious people. Yes, and that was, and um, right. it like encapsulates everything where they're just kind of playing dress up and pretend through the whole thing. Yep. And hundred uh, percent. It was a really, really memorable line. Yeah. So that's our episode. Thanks for listening. Um, if you enjoyed it, share it with someone, you know, uh, you can reach out to us still on Twitter, writer underscore yes. syndrome. You can find us on Instagram at writer syndrome books and just go to writer syndrome.com for all the contact info and other episodes. Uh, during this next episode, we're going to be talking about comps, comps, finding comps, maybe using the AI, AI to find them. But uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, or just being you know. discouraged. But when you find them by accident, yes, yeah, not, and not be yeah, <laughs> not being discouraged by the ones you find that are just your book. So uh, <laughs> that'll be that'll be a fun one. But um, yeah, that's our episode, and I think AI is going to give us the outro. Thank you for joining us on the Writer Syndrome. Keep exploring the limitless possibilities of writing with AI. Happy writing. 